as they're making their way out. Uh, the rest of you, find your Bible or turn on your Bible app, whichever may be the case. Just not the video games, right? Your Bible app. Let's open up to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, stand as we read these verses 23 through 27. Passion and power has been the theme of this month, looking at the passion of Christ, the power of His resurrection. Remember, we started with one of my life verses, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His sufferings. And so we're looking at His passion, His power, and we're discovering our identity with Christ in His death and in His resurrection and the difference that makes. Today, the message is titled, Dying to Live. Dying to Live. You found your place there, Luke 9, look at verse 23. Then he, speaking of Jesus, said to them all, if anyone wants to come with me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me will save it. What is a man benefited if he gains the whole world yet loses or forfeits himself. Some translations say his own soul, his own being there. For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and that of the Father and the holy angels. I tell you the truth, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you for this passage that you have placed right in the midst of Luke's gospel, a gospel that reminds us that we have a Lord who came to seek and to save the lost. When we could never get to where you are, you came to where we are to show us what life was all about and ultimately to give us life by giving your very life on the cross. Thank you that the story didn't end there, but as we have seen over these past few weeks, that our identity is not just in one who died, but in one who rose again and one who is coming again. And Lord, I pray that if there's one here today that hasn't discovered that new life in Christ, that today would be the day of salvation. Lord, I pray for the names that are all over this uh, altar this morning. Lord, I pray that they would come to faith in Christ and that we would be faithful witnesses to not only invite them to hear the message, but to go and tell our story and to tell the good news that Jesus saves to them. Lord, we pray that you would bring about a harvest in your kingdom this year. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Some of you heard the story about the little boy who was standing at a wall in a particular church one Sunday, and as he was looking at this wall, he noticed that there were some plaques and some portraits on those plaques along the back wall. And the pastor came, and he stood there, and the little boy couldn't read well enough and couldn't see high enough to kind of see what the plaques were all about. And he said, Pastor, what are these, what are these plaques all about? And the, the pastor said, oh, this area, you see that we have a, an American flag here, and this is a, a, a memorial area. He said, this represents men and women who died in the service, and they were connected with families in our church. 
And so the little boy looked a little upset, a little distraught. He looked back at the pastor. He said, can you tell me, pastor, was it the 930 or was it the 1045 service that they died in? (laughs) You know, sometimes the message isn't a popular message. And today's message is going to be one that challenges you to die. Not physically. No, it's much, much harder than that. It's to die a death to self. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, and we're going to celebrate. Next Sunday is just going to be a phenomenal celebration and song and dance and uh, the preaching of God's Word and testimony. It's going to be a powerful Sunday celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the greatest event in human history. But let's keep in mind that the passion of Christ preceded his resurrection power. Even on Palm Sunday, we heard it read a moment ago, as Jesus was riding into Jerusalem, he was doing so in the shadow of the cross. Now, he was still able to rejoice. Remember, they wanted to rebuke the children for singing and praising him, and he says, look, if you silence them, even the rocks could cry out. And so he didn't say this is not a time of celebration He was still able to enjoy the journey on the way to the cross. And so he didn't silence the celebration, but he understood that the celebration was in the context of headed to a being on his way to a cross. Philip Yancey is writing about Basil of Caesarea, a man who was instrumental in promoting the Nicene Creed in the 4th century, which was much like the Apostles' Creed, helping the church embrace both the divinity and the humanity of Christ, all that Jesus is. He was a leader in the church who understood the importance of balance. In fact, he was described as one with ambidextrous faith. It was said that he could hold the blessings of God and the joys of God in one hand, and at the same time hold suffering and death in the other hand. He could embrace all of the message of Christianity, and just as much as our faith is a faith that puts trust in a Savior who was fully God and fully man, it is a faith that embraces the joys of the resurrection and the fellowship of the suffering of Christ at the very same time. Our identity in Christ, our ability to identify with his difficulties and to identify with his passion, this being Passion Week and this being Palm Sunday, leading us into a time of remembering that our identity with Christ means that we are not only embracing his resurrection power, but we are choosing daily to take up our cross, to embrace suffering that comes with that pain that comes with that. We're choosing to embrace that as well on a daily basis. This morning as we think about that identity with Christ that we've been talking about, I want to challenge you with three growth areas. Now next week as we come back and we we look at the power of the resurrection and we talk about the reality of the resurrection, I want to communicate the gospel in such a way that I assume that everybody here has never heard it before. But today I know that I'm speaking to many of you who are seasoned believers. Others of you are still somewhat new in the journey. 
all of us need to embrace these three growth areas. In other words, none of us have arrived in any of these areas. The first growth area I want to talk to you about is growth in your desire to follow the Lord Jesus. Growth in your desire to follow Jesus. How does verse 23 start? Jesus said to them all, if anyone desires, if anyone wants, this word speaks of an inward desire. It's an act of the will. It is volitional. This is something that you decide, I want this. I desire this for my life, for my family, for my church, for my community. It's something that I need to take place in me. If anyone would, some translations say, if anyone will, if anyone desires to, if anyone wants to. It speaks of an inward desire that is often described as a hunger. That's why we started this study with I want to know Christ, a desire to know Christ and the powers of resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in his suffering. Here he says, if you want to follow me, if anyone wants to follow me, if anyone has a desire, so we need to be growing in our desire to follow Jesus. That is a desire to Say, I truly want the life he has for me. You know, Peter says if anyone would love life and see good days, you know, it's okay to say, man, I I really want to love life. Jesus riding in on a donkey, ready for his crucifixion to take place at the end of the week, still was loving life with his disciples at that time. While he lived, he truly lived. To have life and life more abundantly, John 10.10 is only found in Jesus Christ who came to give us that life and life more abundantly. So I want to follow him. 1 Corinthians chapter 9 concludes with this admonition that if anyone wants to run, they they should run with a desire. They should run in such a way that they would win the prize. He says, don't get out there and compete in the race, using race as an analogy for the Christian life. He says, don't compete in a race and and lack a desire to win. If you're going to get involved, desire to be victorious. And so we should have a desire in our life to experience all that God has for us. And that desire should be a growing desire. If anyone desires to follow me, a desire to follow Jesus means a desire to glorify God in all of life's pursuits. Do you have that desire this morning? Can you honestly say that everything you're involved in, not just Sunday morning worship, but every area of your life, your marriage, your family, your education, young people, <laughs> your friendships, your relationships, Your vocation, can you honestly say, whatever I'm doing, I am involved in that to glorify God. Are you growing in a desire to glorify him in all of life's pursuits? Do you desire to reflect his glory in your character? Do you desire to live on mission for him? Do you wake up in the morning with a sense of, I'm on mission today. Those things that are on my agenda are part of the mission that God has called me to. Do you desire more of that in your life? For most, it's not the issue of wanting it bad enough. 
For most of us, it's the issue of wanting these things at all. There's a lack of desire to follow Jesus, a lack of desire to follow him more closely, a lack of desire for more spiritual passion. I would hope that most of you came this morning because you do desire those things in your life. Many times we have a lack of desire for growth. We've got areas in our life when I have in this series talked about getting victory in certain areas. It's not that you can't, many of you can, but it's that some of you don't even desire it. You don't even think about it. You're you're saying this morning, I'm okay where I'm at. You know, there's a, a dreaded disease that young people, especially young ladies, are facing. And it's called anorexia. There's another form of it, anorexia nervosa. They're, they're really different. Anorexia nervosa is where you begin to have a, not see yourself, obviously, as God would see you. And so there's a refusal to eat. There's a denial of appetite. And anorexia itself has to do with a loss of appetite. It's a, it's a loss of a physical appetite, sometimes because of a psychological, sometimes because of a physiological disorder. Something has happened, and somebody with anorexia, not anorexia nervosa, but someone with anorexia just simply, they don't have an appetite. Whatever triggered that, whatever internal situation triggered that, sometimes it's because uh, of, of a deep depression that they went through. Sometimes it's because of a physical illness that they experienced. It's not that they don't want to eat. It's this, they, they simply don't have an appetite. And so the lack of an appetite becomes a symptom of a bigger problem. And so doctors and psychologists and psychiatrists have to study and say, what is the deeper issue here? For pastors, we look at congregations and we look at brothers and sisters in Christ or we look at those who claim to be followers of Christ and sometimes we see a lack of appetite. We see a lack of hunger for the Word of God. The Bible says in James 1 that we're to lay aside all wickedness, all overflow of filthiness, receive with meekness the implanted Word which is able to save your souls. And so many times in the body of Christ, there is a lack of desire to know Jesus better, a a lack of desire to get into his word more. And many times it's symptomatic that there are some other issues, and it could be that the person who lacks appetite is simply lost. They've not tasted and seen that the Lord is good. They have no inward desire to know him better because they don't know him at all. A lack of desire to follow Jesus, a lack of desire to worship, a lack of desire to witness. And when we talk about the fact that there are people in this world, friends and family members who are lost and we need to be taking Jesus to them and inviting them to hear the message of the gospel We have no desire, no concern whatsoever, and many times it's an indication of a deeper issue. No desire to follow Jesus. No desire to serve the body of Christ. I'll wait till next year. No desire to be a part of a body of Christ. 
For those who completely lack the desire, I pray that God will get hold of your hearts like never before. But for those of you who say, I have a desire, I pray that that will become a growth area, that you will have a growing desire to know and follow Jesus. Let me give you a second growth area this morning. The second growth area is dying daily must become a way of life. You need to grow in this area of your life where dying on a daily basis, dying to yourself. If any man will follow me, he says again in verse 23, if anyone desires this, let him take up his cross daily and follow me. The death on a cross. Yes, when you were saved, when you came to faith in Jesus Christ, there was a point in time in your life where you, your old man died positionally and your life was made brand new in Christ. You became a new, creature, a new creation, a new creature in Christ Jesus. But Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, and we'll look at this chapter in more depth next week, but Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, I die daily. That means death to self has to be a daily occurrence. You know, it's not the death of the cross that I think we fear the most. When Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me, it's the fact that we're walking as living beings with this cross. And and so the crucified life is not just a life of dying to self. It's a life that as we die daily, we go through pain and suffering this side of heaven. We embrace not only the death of the cross, but we embrace, listen, this is not a popular message today, we embrace the pain and suffering of the cross. Again, the joys of the power of the resurrection, and Paul says, I want to know the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Jesus said, take up your cross on a daily basis. Facing death is not nearly as frightening for many of us as enduring pain. Many of us, as we get older, we realize that death is inevitable. And if somebody were to ask you if you could choose how you would die or if you are afraid of death, Many of us would say, listen, I know that I'm going to heaven when I die, and I'm ready to stand before Jesus Christ, but boy, if I just didn't have to experience any pain in the process, it'd be a lot easier to think about. The sufferings of this life, Paul said in Romans 8, are not worthy to be compared to the glories that are going to be revealed. The taking up a cross daily means that we embrace not only the death of the cross, but the suffering and the pain of a cross on a daily basis. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 describes that as laying aside the sin that so easily entangles, laying aside every weight and the pain that comes with laying aside that sin and aside that weight. It describes it as fixing our eyes on Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross meaning we will endure suffering when we take up our cross and follow him for the joy that is set before us. We see that that is dying to personal preferences in Philippians chapter 2, which says, let 
you, you should have the same attitude about all this that Jesus had before Philippians 2.5 says that, he, Paul has already presented an argument that we should consider others better than ourselves, not looking out for our own interests, but for the interests of others. That means we, we endure the pain many times of putting someone else first and being concerned with their needs, somebody else in our family, somebody else in the body of Christ. We endure the pain of putting others first in our life. We die to self, but we endure the pain of the cross on a regular basis. We're all going to experience, as part of the sin-fallen condition, pain and suffering in this life. It will be emotional pain. It could be physical pain. It could be deep spiritual pain. We will all experience pain and suffering as a result of the fall in this life. But you get to decide from which perspective you will experience it. It's been said that when Jesus died on a cross, three men were crucified. Three men were crucified on that day. One died an unrepentant sinner. He died a pain that would only lead to an eternal pain in hell separated from God forever. Another thief on that day died experiencing the grace of God as he heard the words, today you will be with me in paradise. Yes, he still experienced the pain and suffering of the cross, but he experienced the grace of God in the midst of that pain. And God wants you to experience his grace in the middle of taking up your cross and following him. And then there was Jesus who died purposefully and redemptively. And when we are in Christ, not only do we experience the the grace of God in our times of pain and suffering and taking up our cross, we also experience the purpose and the power of God in that moment. And so that our pain becomes redemptive, our cross, our suffering becomes redemptive even in the lives of others for whom we're taking up that cross. The cross life presents itself in pain, presents itself in self-denial, and and numerous opportunities, numerous opportunities to die to self in small ways. It's that mom that we always wait till Mother's Day to really acknowledge what she does on a daily basis when she dies to self to put her family first. It's that man who dies to self when he goes to that job, but also dies to himself when he pulls in the driveway and says, my family needs me to be at my best for them, whether in this house or on a little league field somewhere. They are as worthy of my time and attention. Even though I'm exhausted, I'm going to die to self, and I'm going to put my family as a priority in my life right now. We die to self constantly when we put others in in our lives first place. Arguments that we let go of cause us to die to self. Preferences. Any growing church has to have people who are dying to self and dying to their preferences in order to grow. Delayed gratification when temptation comes your way is dying to self. Giving to others is dying to self. Giving to the kingdom is dying to self. 
And in all of this, you're saying, I don't want to miss the glory of God. We have to skip down to verse 27 to see it. We'll come back and look at the verses in between, but look at verse 27 in this passage. He says, I tell you the truth, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Now listen, as we were standing in worship a moment ago, I felt like, man, there are some people standing here that will not taste death until Jesus comes again. I believe that Jesus is coming soon. But what was he talking about at this moment? Some 2,000 years ago, he was saying, listen, there's about to be this moment of transfiguration where the glory of Christ was going to be revealed to those three disciples in the inner circle. It follows this passage, and Peter and James and John were walking so close to Jesus that they were there with him on that mountain. Peter would later write, man, we were with him. We saw him in all of his glory, and it became so real just who Jesus is because they were willing to walk so closely with him. And as we take up our cross daily and we endure the suffering and pain that comes with that for the glories of his resurrection, we will see Christ like we've never seen him before when we die daily to self, when we embrace the cross on a regular basis. We'll see God do things we never imagined we could see him do. And for these disciples, it was this side of heaven that they saw that. We don't wait until he comes back for us before we see him in all of his glory, but we see him in powerful ways when we live the crucified life to self. Remember Jesus facing the temptations the devil would try to get him to bow down and and worship him and and try to get him to sell out for uh, getting rid of that hunger pain and turning stones to bread or or embracing the kingdom now, so to speak, as the, the devil offered him the kingdoms of this world. And Jesus every time would quote the word and he would deny himself because he wanted to die for me and for you. And he was not going to bypass the cross. The Bible says that after the devil departed that the angels came and ministered to him. And I think so many times because we're not willing to endure the pain, we're not willing to endure the suffering, we miss out on the angels and we miss out on seeing the glory of God. That's a growth area. It's a growth area for you, it's a growth area for me, but a willingness to die daily, to embrace the cross as a way of life. And here's a third one. If we're going to do that, we need this third one. If we grow in this area, it will make the first two a lot easier, trust me. Growth area number three, discerning the traps of this world. We need to discern the traps of this world. Why would we not want to follow Jesus more closely? Why would we not be willing to embrace the cross life even though it comes with pain and suffering? We don't want to embrace that because we feel like we're missing out on something better and it's because we've been deceived. Look at verses 24 and 25 now. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life because of me will save it. What is a man benefited if he gains the whole world, yet loses or forfeits his own soul? Jim Elliott was famous for writing in his journal before he gave his life with four other missionaries as they went to Ecuador, as they tried to reach out to the Alca Indians there. 
and they were all speared to death on the side of a river where they had landed their plane. But it had been written in Jim Elliott's journal years earlier. He is no fool if he would choose to lose what he cannot keep in order to gain what he could never lose. This world has nothing that is real and lasting. In Hebrews eleven twenty five, we see that Moses chose to suffer with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. When we deny those pleasures, we're dying to self a little bit, but we're coming alive to the will and the purposes of God in our life. We begin to discern the trappings of this world, that sin is only pleasurable for a season, and if I die to that now, I can truly live in Christ. Proverbs 14, 12 says there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to death. Matthew 7, 13 and 14, wide is destruction. Wide is the road to destruction, and many are on it. Narrow is the road or the path to life, and few find it. James 1 and 13, let no man say when he is tempted, he's being tempted of God, but each man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. In other words, there's a trick. There's somebody lying to you. His name's the devil. He's saying there's a better life than what Christ has to offer because what Christ has to offer is a life of pain and suffering. And we lack perspective. We lack an eternal perspective. We lack an understanding that God is glorified in that, and with the pain and suffering comes joy unspeakable and full of glory, comes grace like you've never known, the revelation of God and His hand at work in your life. It is a constant lie. It is a constant battle. It is always a fight. In the Civil War, at the Battle of Shiloh, 1,700 people were killed from both armies. 1,700 of the Union soldiers, 1,700 of the Confederate soldiers died. There was, seemed to be no way of escaping that battle. There was one soldier who was injured and his commanding officer saw that he wasn't able to fight. He was asking for a gun and he said, we don't have enough to spare. He said, go to the back of the battle. Go to the rear of the fight. soldier came back and said, sir, this battle has no rear. Give me a gun. So many times we get ready to retreat. We're not going to be able to retreat until Gabriel blows his horn, right, and says the battle's over. We need to take the weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal, but mighty in God and mighty in prayer. And we need to engage the fight, realizing the trappings of this world are all just a lie. It's a growth area, three growth areas. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will reveal to you which one of these areas you need to experience growth the most. This morning, is it that you lack the desire that you would want to follow Jesus? Are you lacking a spiritual fervor and a spiritual passion to be more close to Christ? 
Is it the area of dying daily? Is it that you might say, listen, I love the Easter message and the resurrection message, but it's the message of finding purpose in that pain and suffering. I just can't embrace that. Listen, like I said, three crosses. You're going to go through pain and suffering in this life. Will it be like the one thief who had no grace, no purpose in it? Will it be like the other thief who experienced the grace of God? And will it be in identifying with the Lord Jesus Christ and finding purpose in the pain as you embrace the cross? Which one are you? Would you bow your heads with me?